Wine You. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Wine You Wish Upon a Star, your favorite Disney fan cast. I'm your host, Joe Payo. I'm your other host, Brenna Payo. And for those of you uh, who are joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, this podcast is where we watch all of the Disney animated features theatrically released in chronological order, and we also drink wine while watching and while recording. Did you want to add anything to that? I went to take a bite, and then I realized it would just pick up the sound of the cookie. (laughs) So I took the cookie out of my mouth and put it back down. We also eat cookies, but this isn't one you cookie upon the star. (laughs) I put the cookie down. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you. That's the first New year, new me. (laughs) Uh, Let's just jump right in, because this is a long one. (laughs) The wine. Let's start with the wine. Okay, the wine that we got, uh, it's it's sort of like a, a lower tier one. But it's it, not my favorite. Yeah, it's called Poison because it's a Zinfandel and it has a little skull and crossbones on it. So I thought that that would be apropos for our movie today, which is 1953's Peter Pan. Oh yeah, we should have started with what movie we're doing. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so the wine was not my favorite. It's just yeah, it's not great. It's it kind of watery. It was just a little bland. It's like a little it, bland. it was kind of watery. It, like there wasn't anything bad about it it just didn't have the sharper taste i was looking for yeah not very aromatic just watery kind of so interesting story we uh had originally intended to record this episode two months ago like we were all ready we were all set that was actually when we bought the wine brenna said i have a copy of it at my parents house because my parents have a a large dvd selection and it's all alphabetical Mm -hmm. and i leave most of my dvds there Mm -hmm. We'd picked up the, the, the DVD, and we sat down. We were ready to record. We had our notes and everything already. We opened up the case. It's empty. It's empty. There is no DVD in there. <laughs> so we asked Brenda's parents about it, saying, hey, what's up? Uh, why, is this, uh, why is this DVD missing? And they said, oh, I think, I think Gillian took it when she moved out of state. The, Gillian is Brenna's sister, her middle sister, oh, who is yeah. also a fan of the show and possibly a future guest. This garbage child <laughs> went through the DVD collection, pulled out the ones she wanted, which were most of the Disney ones, by the way, and then took the DVDs and put the cases back as if nothing happened. All these cases sit here, DVD-less, but they look like they're there. Uh, cut to last weekend. We went to visit Gillian and her wonderful husband, Aaron. And while there, we helped ourselves to the DVD collection and maybe took back some of the ones that are uh, a little more important to us, including this one. So Gillian, we stole, we stole your, your DVD. DVD. Gillian, this is your DVD we watched. We stole it. We stole it while you were out of the room and we were in your living room and we took it. Uh, Yeah. I feel a little bad because I know that this is Gillian's favorite Disney movie, but I also don't feel bad because she left the empty case like a garbage child. Oh, and because this isn't the first time we've gone through there and been like, oh, sweet, grabbed a copy of something and it's been empty. So this is not the first time. So shout out to Gillian and your missing DVD. It's ours now. (laughs) Oh, we stole your DVD, Gillian. Um, (laughs) All right, so let's get started. (laughs) Well, speaking of stealing things... Uh, Walt Disney took the rights of Peter Pan from Sick Children? Yeah, the opening credits say, like, Walt Disney would like to personally thank the children of, I think it said, like, the Ormond 
school or not school the no. ormond hospital in london or something like he that he said he's thankful for the sick children he's, he's thankful for the sick children but then it kind of clarifies that jm barry the original creator of peter pan uh left the rights with the children's hospital and so this is kind of i think it's an acknowledgement that they were allowed to use the rights but the way that it's worded just says like walt disney's really thankful for sick kids yeah it's very oddly worded <laughs> And then we open to a quiet street called Bloomsbury and this corner where the Darling family lives. We're introduced to every member of the Darling family, usually introduced first by their shadow. That's something I didn't notice before. Oh. Like you usually see like a silhouette of them. Like Mrs. Darling is, is obscured by a window. And then you see the boys, like their shadows sword fighting on the wall. And then when Wendy like goes into the other room, you see her shadow just kind of like along the, the hallway. It was interesting. So while the boys are playing, they're making a whole mess of the nursery. And in walks Nana. She looks old, like a St. Bernard. Big old St. Bernard in a bonnet. And she's going through and she's making the bed. Then she's they jump on the bed. Medicine. She's pouring their medicine. She's putting their toys away. She's really OCD with these blocks. Even like, oh, they're out of order. I have to re- redo them. So we see Mr. Darling and Mrs. Darling getting ready for a party. And Mr. Darling like cannot find all of his stuff. His shirt front is gone. His cufflinks. The man has clearly not laid out his clothes for this party. But at the same time, he's like, if I miss this party, I'll be the laughing stock of the entire office. So he finds his shirt front. The boys have drawn a treasure map on it. They drew it in chalk. So uh, Mrs. Darling just kind of like takes a cloth and is like, it's, see, look, it's clean, even though he's freaking out about it. But the treasure map also had how to find his cufflinks on it. So then he can't find his cufflinks. But then they find him in George's bed later. But he's rushing around, and in doing that, he knocks over these blocks multiple times. He steps on Nana. He gets all mad. Finally, at one point, he trips over Nana so much that they end up in this big, complicated falling sequence where both he and Nana get hurt, and all the family's like, oh, no, and they look like they're running towards the dad, and then they run to Nana, and Mr. Darling gets really mad. Yeah, he's really upset about this, even though Nana was the only one that was trying to keep any sense of order in the whole nursery. He's like, Nana's sleeping outside. And they're like, no, like they're crying about it. It's at this point I'm realizing Nana looks really drowsy. <laughs> like, and, and I think in the past it was that, well, of course, she's really sad. She's really sad. But then I started thinking, she licked some of that medicine. What was in that medicine? Because <laughs> it's like she, she can't, I can't tell if she's sleepy or drugged. Because George is even like talking out loud to himself. He's like, I don't know what to do about these kids. And I don't know. And Nana's just kind of just staring at him. Well, I think she's just one of those sad-eyed dogs. Where like, she just has sad eyes. And so then when he's like, I can't find the rope, Nana hands him the rope to tie her up. He ties her up outside. And then he looks at her. He's like, Nana, don't look at me that way. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, come on, you're a dog. <laughs> also in his anger, he tells Wendy that this is going to be her last night sleeping in the nursery with the boys. To which everybody reacts as if she's getting kicked out on the street because they are just completely shocked and abhorred by this. And then she's even treating it in a way of saying like, well, this is my last night. And after this, I can't tell stories anymore. It's like, are you never going to see your brothers ever again? Yeah, it's this odd thing where it's like, all right, maybe your bed has to move down the hall. Like, and, and I never, I never identified with this because I always thought like, wouldn't it be great to have your own room and mm-hmm. not share it with two little boys? Like she's always like, sword fighting in the middle of the like night. She looks like she's probably like twelve or thirteen, or maybe maybe she's like as young as ten or eleven. But the boys are clearly like three and like maybe five, six. Like mm. she's significantly older than them. 
And so, like, why would you want to share a room with your two baby brothers? Yeah. So uh, the parents, they're about to leave, and uh, mother's closing the window, and Wendy's like, oh, don't don't close the window, because he might come back. And mother's eyes are just, like, wide and just like, what? What are you talking about, huh? Who's coming <laughs> back? She, like, she's like, freaks out. She's like, Peter Pan. And her mother's still, like, really shocked. Like, there's a story there. She's there's like, oh, kind of what do you mean he's going to come back? <laughs> well, he left his shadow. And this is as Alice starts drifting off. And so then the mom's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, she thinks she's talking kind of yeah. gibberish or, like, mm-hmm. as she falls asleep. Because she's like, oh, Nana took his shadow. Oh, took his shadow. Again, and what I, was in that I medicine? saved it in the drawer. It's as Al- uh, Alice. Oops. <laughs> keeps saying Alice. By the way, did I say Al- fact, I said that multiple times? Yeah, I just want to let it go. Because she sounds like Alice. We just watched that movie. Oh my gosh, this leads us into our first fun fact. <gasps> A fun fact with Brenna Pale? Oh my god, it's my fr- it's my fun fact. Ready, Guys. ready, ready. Fun, fun facts with, with Brenna Pale. Oh, you, say, you got a fun fact for us? I do have a fun fact. So the voice of Wendy was also the same little girl who was the voice of Alice. No. Yep. Catherine Beaumont? Her. Exactly her. (laughs) I didn't write down the name. I just knew it was the same one. And if we're talking same voices, uh, Mr. Darling Mm -hmm. is also the same voice as Captain Hook. Now, does that carry on any kind of tradition or anything? Well, that's how it's done in the stage production. Oh, yeah. The the father plays Captain Hook Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Bring it kind of full circle. Yeah. Yeah. Great facts. Thank you. You're acting sarcastically like <laughs> I didn't know that myself. Uh, I figured that all out on my own. You did. You turned to me during it multiple times and said, hey, is that the same person? I just said, yeah, it is. And I even wrote on my notes, Brenna is smart. Did you write that on your notes? I yep. told you to write that on your notes. Yep. You didn't. I rude. did. It's right there. I mean, it's jumbled into other words. But anyway, that's why I kept calling her Alice, because we just <laughs> watched that movie, like, the other day. So I was like, the entire movie, she just sounded like Alice. <laughs> Let's move along. So the kids are locked inside, and they make a, like, really a big show of them, like, locking it. I think that's because that that's a thing that keeps happening throughout the movie, of people getting locked into places. Yeah. There's a lot of themes in this movie that keep happening. Yeah. So... <laughs> As they're leaving, the mother, is there any Martha? Is it Martha and George? I don't know. Mary and Mary and, I don't George know. is one of the boys. No. George know. is the father. No, it's George and Michael. No. Wait, I think you're George and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are the boys' names? John and Michael. John and Michael. I can call him George. My notes all say George and they all say Alice. This is going to be a rough one, guys. So they go outside and the mother, Mrs. Darling, is saying like, Wendy's just said the, the strangest thing. She's talking about Peter Pan and his and his shadow. Well, and no. he like turns what to her. What she says, the greatest part was she says like, you know, Wendy said the funniest thing about his shadow and coming back in the house. And Mr. Darling's like, who? And she goes, well, Peter Pan. And he goes, oh, Peter Pan. Yes, it's so true. Peter Whatever Pan. shall we do? How, how will we ever combat this? And like once she just said, and then she's like, oh, fine, let's just go to the party. Because <laughs> he starts getting like ridiculous in he's the walking down the street, street. Like, let's call Scotland Yard. Alert all the bobbies. What's up there? It's Peter Pan. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. Which, as a kid, I always thought, like, he's so mean, and he's so cruel, but now watching it, it's like, oh my gosh, this this is probably how I'm going to deal with, like, overactive children. Probably. <laughs> so, P- 
Peter shows up when the kids are asleep. He and Tinkerbell, they come right in. He's completely silent, like even when, when he's like makes any movements at all. Like, you only hear basically like the, the pan flutes as he's as he's infiltrating. Well, and you only hear the chimes from Tinkerbell. Yeah. Peter is searching around, looking for his shadow. As he's looking, Tinkerbell's just kind of like, you know, looking at all the stuff. And she finds a little hand mirror. She starts kind of checking herself out in it. <laughs> and then she like does a double take and realizes that she has like womanly hips and even kind of measures them. And like, I thought that was a really bizarre thing to put in a children's movie. <laughs> it was. But then she flies into a drawer and gets stuck because her hips are large. Yeah. So it kind of plays into it later. But she has that womanly, like, Tinkerbell figure where she just slants around and she's Mm -hmm. sexy. Yeah. So Peter finally finds his shadow and he chases it around the room. And it's really kind of funny because the shadow is, like, sticking to the wall and it trips on the shadow of a footstool and tumbles. And that's how Peter's able to get it. And, like, in the whole tussle of it all, he wakes up Wendy. Yeah, it's not until the shadow appears that he actually makes noise. So he wakes up Wendy, and he's trying to soap his shadow back to his shoes. Like if you put dry soap on something, it kind of makes it a little sticky. So he's just using a bar of soap to stick his shadow on. She's like, oh, that's not going to do any good at all. Here, I'll sew it for you. But she gets really excited, and she's not stopping talking. Like, yeah, she's, she's just talking this constant incessantly. stream of like talking. Even so much that like Peter finally goes like, human girls talk a lot. And she's like, well, yes, actually, oh. And then Peter proceeds to be, like, really rude to her. Yeah, because she's, like, uh, in the process of, like, sewing his shadow back onto his foot. And be- and after she just kind of, like, stops and realizes that she's talking, he's like, well, get on with it, girl. And she's like, well, my name is blah, 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 blah. Well, she says, like, Wendy, like, blah, 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 blah. He's like, Wendy will be fine. And yeah. he's like, Wendy will be fine. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, super rude. But this just like, starts the beginning of, like, everyone being really rude to Wendy. And Wendy just, like, being cool with it, like the subservient ha- subservient housewife that she is. So she explains her predicament to Peter, the fact that this is her last night in the nursery, because he reveals that he likes to go and hang out by the window and listen to stories about himself that she tells her brothers. And so she reveals like, oh, well, this is the last night that I'm staying in the nursery. After this, you know, I got to get my own room. He's like, why? And she's like, well, because I have to grow up. And so then he's just like, growing up nobody likes that how about you come with me to neverland you never grow up and she's like well i can't really do that because it's like i have a mother and he's like well you'll be our mother come so just come come hang out with us she's like okay well i guess i I could pack she's like i can't leave george and michael john and michael dang it because i gotta have faith So I can't leave John and Michael. And he's like, all right, well, they can come too. Well, he doesn't, that doesn't really happen at first. She's like ready to go. Oh yeah, she's ready to leave She's just ready to leave. And she gets uh, really excited about leaving with him and says like, oh, I'm so excited right now. I could give you a kiss. And he's like, what is that? And she's like, well, let me show you. She's going in. Meanwhile, Tinkerbell finally is like jammed a pair of sewing scissors into the drawer so she could wedge herself out, pulls Wendy by the hair away from him before she can kiss him. Then Peter goes chasing after Tinkerbell, and that's when he starts jumping on the beds, which wakes up the brothers. And then Wendy's like, oh, yeah, by the way, my brothers are coming with us. He's like, really? Fine. He's like, all right, fine. They'll fit in with the Lost Boys. (laughs) So he's like, all right, let's go. Like, you guys just have to fly. And they're like, we can't fly. And he's like, yeah, just think of happy thoughts. And they're like, basically, it's all Christmas things. And they're like, all right. And they jump off the bed, and then they fall onto the other bed. 
And he's like, oh yeah, duh, you also need pixie dust. And he takes Tinkerbell <laughs> and he smacks her butt over the top of them and like covers them all with pixie dust. But he's like spanking he's, like, Tinkerbell. Spanking, he's holding her by the wings with one hand and just spanking her. And obviously she's in a, quite a bit of discomfort yeah, in this. Yeah, she's just like freaking out. And the thing that that's really funny about this is that we've all seen like the visual gag of her, him like doing that for like a couple frames of like boop, boop, boop. But then it cuts away and you see all this dust falling on the darling children. And this shot takes a long time of just like them being showered with pixie dust. And then when it cuts back to like the wide shot, that's when Peter's still holding Tinkerbell in the same way. So this entire time during this glorious moment, it's just spank, 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 spank. He's spanking her the whole time. <laughs> and she's not, not thrilled. So then it's like, oh, then they start thinking of things that are foreshadowing in the movie. So she says, oh, I want to see mermaids. And J- Michael is like, I want to see some Indians. And then John is like, I want to see pirates. pirates. Yeah. All of which happen, all of which don't go well. <laughs> Then they take off through the window. Uh, Nana's outside. John grabs Tinkerbell and like shakes her violently over the top of like where a, Nana is. Like a salt shaker. Just... And then throws her back, like throws Tinkerbell off to the side. He's like, come on, hurry up. But Nana's still tied to the wall. So the pixie does hit her butt. So her butt floats up in the sky and then she just waves goodbye to them while her butt's in the air. And she's just hanging there tied to the tree while her butt floats. <laughs> oh, I got a fun fact for you. Ooh. Yeah. Fun, Fun facts fact with Joe Payo. Cool. We resolved. Changing it up. Um, so the animation supervisors had the task of animating flight, obviously. It's a big part of this, this whole movie, especially all the times that Peter Pan's flying around. Well, the thing is, is that when you're dealing with hand-drawn animation, you can't really just kind of use real-life reference like people acting it out and then you just draw over it because obviously people don't fly what what so in the early tests it would just look like whenever any of the characters were flying because they don't really have like the sense of gravity counteracting the motion it just looked like it was poor animation like the characters were just untethered from the ground and just floating all (laughs) willy-nilly throughout space and it just looked really bad so the animation supervisors did a lot of testing and figuring out how can we like make the flight motion really dynamic and make it look like it's actually intentional and not like just poor animation. And the way that they did that was they would have the characters, basically their upper torsos would arrive in place before their lower torsos. And it kind of gave them the feeling of having this controlled movement through the air. So if you kind of think of it, like if Peter Pan's like flying at speed and then when he hits the spot where he stops, instead of the animation just kind of freezing, it's like his his shoulders would get to the spot and then his legs would follow. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Because if you're flying, like, horizontally, Mm -hmm. I like that you're doing hand motions Mm -hmm. as if everyone can see it. Well, I'm talking to you. This is a conversation. Well, it's a conversation with everybody, but I just enjoyed the hand motions. It's also the kind of, you know, for my own thoughts. Look at this. Look look at him fly. Do you guys see this? Do you see it? He's doing really good. So they take off flying. They land on Big Ben. They move the clock forward like 12 minutes, yeah. like a significant amount of time because they land on like that, the minute hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it's like they take off and it's the second star to the right. Cut to the pirates, the pirates of Neverland. They're all bored. They're all bored. They're hanging out in Cannibal Cove, which you find out later when you're looking at a map. So they're all, you know, they're bored. They're, they're playing games. They're throwing, throwing knives, a, a crude drawing of the captain. <laughs> 
and Smee is just kind of like going around and he's he's got like some some drinks and some food but he's bringing it to the captain I never realized that the pirates are from all over the world yeah they've all got different voices different accents and mm-hmm. different I guess because one yeah. of them sounds like the Swedish cook yeah like he's like <laughs> pink and ding and dimer you always imagine that the pirates always just kind of sound vaguely British and Cockney. Like, oh, I'm a pirate. But there were some that were Scottish, some were Italian, some were Middle Eastern. Very international group. Very mm-hmm. diverse. Very that thoughtful. was the only, like, okay diverse thing that Disney <laughs> did in this movie. That's why I decided to focus on that. <laughs> <laughs> so then we see Captain Hook, and he's, like, pouring over this map, and he's super mad because he can't figure out where peter pan lives he's smoking a double-headed cigar i wrote that on my notes that too. is awesome which i don't know why <laughs> you can smoke two cigars at once i guess so it made me think of he's got the thing like coella deville has where it's like the long handled cigarette mm-hmm, holder the extender except that it's way thicker and on the end it has two full cigars <laughs> hanging off of it like it splits and it becomes two huge cigars like big fat thick ones So he's kind of just bemoaning the loss of his hand and talking about how much he hates Peter Pan and he wants to kill him. And Well, I like when he says, like, he cut off my hand. And Smee's like, well, he was just playing a prank. (laughs) Like, oh, that's just an okay prank to play on somebody. And he's like, it was kind of mean when he fed it to that alligator. And now the alligator likes the taste of you so much, he follows you everywhere. (laughs) But But at least he ate that alarm clock. He has a clock, so at least he can hear, you know, when he's coming. You know, when you hear the tick-tock. And as, like, Smee is saying, like, this tick-tock, tick-tock, you start to hear the ticking and the talking. That's when the crocodile shows up. The way that, I feel like the way they animated the characters hearing it with their ears kind of pulsing and their their heads kind well, of just and the jerking. Mustache. The must- and the mustache kind of like clicking up and down. It's just so funny because it's like, it's kind of showing you that they can hear it too. Even though we as the audience hear it. It's not just like a memory. It's like, this is actually happening near them. And then you see the crocodile showing up and his eyes are kind of like tick-tocking as he goes. And all of his motions are like to the beat of the clock. Yeah. And Captain Hook freaks out, and then he's like, Shmi, get rid of it. And Shmi's like, shoo, shoo, get out of here. And the, the crocodile's like, ugh, fine, and just kind of saunters off. I think it's hilarious that, like, Smee is definitely a much meatier fellow. Like, you'd think that oh. a crocodile would want to eat him, but yeah. he's like, no, I want this little bony man. He is a obese little pudge man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then it's time for a nice relaxing shave. He puts a hot towel on him. A seagull lands on top of the hot towel because it's like, ooh, a nice little nest. Smee, as he's just kind of talking to well, himself. Well, because he's a bumbling idiot. Throughout this yeah. entire movie, he just like trips on everything. He's just this bumbling, like visual fat guy. Yeah. He forgets that the towel was on the top of his face and just assumes that it's on his neck and that the seagull who's faced away from him is the captain's head. And so he commences to shave the seagull's butt. And he shaves it clean. Shaves and then it clean. Pat's uh like aftershave on it to which the seagull goes and then looks behind (laughs) and sees that his butt shaved and goes oh and like like flies off holding his butt which i don't know how he flies off holding his butt but he does he does so smee is about to put a little powder on his face and he realizes that the head that he was shaving is gone he assumes that the captain's head just rolled off yeah, he's like, so he's, I've never shaped him this close before. <laughs> so he's looking around the floor for the captain's disembodied head. <laughs> and of course, like, he trips on a chair, he knocks the captain over, so now his head 
it doesn't fall it's, off it but it's on the floor. like it's on the floor and so he grabs it and he's like i'll Hugging fix it. it while the head is like talking and it's like do you think like i don't understand you just put it back on and it'll all be fine so like that finishes and then the captain like gets annoyed with one of the the other pirates and he shoots him he just shoots him. this accordion player up in the like crow's nest mm-hmm. of the ship he shoots him one of the italian ones yeah he falls in the water and shmidas goes well that's that's not nice shooting a man in the middle of his credenza <laughs> <laughs> so then uh captain hook also decides oh you know what tiger lily's really good friends with peter pan let's capture her and that way we can find out where Peter Pan lives. Like, yeah. she'll sell him out for sure. So one of the other pirates who's a lookout just calls out, Ahoy, Peter Pan, there he is. And they call out his coordinates of where he is. They see him up, and he's just standing on a cloud, which I thought was kind of an interesting choice, was that they didn't show, like, the introduction of Neverland through the main character's eyes. They showed it from the ancillary characters. Uh, they start firing cannons at, at them, and Peter Pan just kind of tells the, the kids, All right, um... Tinkerbell, well, you Tinkerbell, take. Them, yeah, yeah, he tells Tinkerbell, take them to the hideout. I'm gonna draw away their fire and you know make sure they don't follow us. Meanwhile, Tinkerbell's like, still screw you, Wendy. And <laughs> she, so she really flies <laughs> off as fast as she can. Wendy's like, Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell flies to the hideout. She goes through like the secret entrances. A part of the hideout is a tunnel that goes underneath a pond. And for some reason, the underside of the pond, like, it's like another surface, like an undersurface. <laughs> and there's fish that are in the pond. And yes. as Tinkerbell flies through, they're poking their heads down from the through the undersurface to see what's going on. Okay, I almost had you pause and go back because I was like, are those fish in the sky? <laughs> yeah. Like, I got really confused. It's like the skylight because it's like a path that goes under yes, this pond. It's basically like a pond skylight. <laughs> it's, it's like... At first, I was like, yeah, wait, those are fish just watching them. I was like, nah, it must be leaves or something. <laughs> like, So she wakes up all of the Lost Boys, and they're all wearing uh, animal skins. She explains to them non-verbally the word Wendy well, Bird. All she goes is like, ching, 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 ching. Yeah, and she's like doing like hand motions and like poses and things like that. Like, and they're like, oh, Wendy for, Bird. Everyone except for Wendy and John and Michael can understand her. Yeah. So they're like, oh, big ugly Wendy Bird showing up. Peter said that we have to shoot her down. Let's go. And they grab all their weapons and they start running. Meanwhile, you cut back to Peter Pan has finally made his way out of the sky. Like he just dodges all the cannonballs and he comes down on the ship. He's fighting with Captain Hook. Every time they fight, Captain Hook ends up on top of the crocodile, either like standing with his legs on his open mouth, preventing himself from falling in or... He spends a good portion of this movie actually inside Getting of the crocodile. Getting swallowed and clawing his way out. Yeah. <laughs> that happens many times. Like, it happened many... He easily went inside the crocodile at least 12 times. <laughs> Maybe. So... I should have kept count. Oh, man. If any of our listeners can count how many times <laughs> Captain Hook goes into the crocodile and you get back to us with a number, we will send you, like, a special wine you wish upon a star thing yeah we'll figure out something we'll figure out something we'll send it to you the first person we'll verify it and then we will send something yeah reach out to us on facebook so (laughs) they uh captain oak and peter pan fight for a while peter pan wins they you know bounce around blah 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 captain hook ends up inside the crocodile a bajillion times i don't remember this fight (laughs) well it's fast because the main thing we get back to is the lost boys attacking wendy yeah because they 
they start throwing all of their things at Wendy. Wendy loses her concentration, starts falling. She starts falling towards. She's not thinking of happy things anymore because stuff is flying at her, exactly. like weapons and rocks. Yeah. So she's falling towards like a, a collection of very sharp-looking rocks. Meanwhile, Tinkerbell just has this like bloodlust in her eyes, and at the last second, Peter swoops in and catches her, and Tinkerbell gets really upset. Yeah, so, she turns bright red and yeah. burns through a leaf as she walks. Yeah. So Peter asks, like, what is wrong with all of you? And they're like, well, we're just following your orders. Because that was yeah, one of the like, things Yeah, they were like, aren't that... you proud of us? We shot down the Wendy bird. Yeah. Because that was one of the things when when John and Michael were recruited to come with Peter is he says, you got to be good at following orders. And they're like, yeah, we can do that. So the Lost Boys are saying, aren't you so proud of us? We followed your orders. And he's like, what orders? What are you talking about? And they're like, well, Tinkerbell told us that, that you wanted us to, to shoot down the Wendy bird. And so then Peter's just like, tink. And she just kind of like, she starts kind of walking away, like kind of sneaking. And then when he like calls her out, he's just like, get out here. She's like, okay. But she saunters out, like shaking her like hips. She's, like She's trying to like pretend like nothing's a big deal. He starts asking her like, did you do this? Did you? And she's just like twinkling back. But you can tell she's kind of saying like, yeah, whatever. And I don't care. Yeah. And so he's like, well you've disobeyed me so that's treason he's like are you innocent or guilty and he just hear this and she's, he's like okay so guilty <laughs> like she's she's fessing up to it just being like whatever well, so it what sounds like she's basically telling him to go stuff it like yeah. the way she's walking and like the attitude she has mm-hmm. like i know it's just chimes and the chimes never change for any of her like responses yeah. but it sounds like she's like stuff it like yeah. it's like okay so you're guilty <laughs> yeah. and so he banishes her he's like you're banished forever ever and then when he's just like well i know it's, just, it's a little bit of a misunderstanding he's like okay then i guess it's a week you're banished for a week. And she gets all, like, butthurt and, and she just off. leaves. So immediately after that, Peter asks the boys, all right, you're here. This is Neverland. Now what do you want to do? And they're like, um, let's go find some Indians. And he's like, okay, time for an Indian hunt. Well, and Wendy's like, oh, but I want to see mermaids. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you guys all go go with the with the boys, and I'm going to take Wendy, Wendy to see the mermaids. So the last boys go with John and Michael on an Indian hunt. And they start crossing the jungles and the forests. This is and where the Follow the Leader song comes in. And I didn't really... Okay, so that song is like a song that like every little kid just knows. And I had like no idea... Like Hi-Ho or something. Yeah, like it came from this movie. I actually didn't know that. It started this song oh. and I was like, oh, I thought that was just like a a song that just everybody was born with the knowledge of. Like that like that whistle from Bridge on the River Kwai. Like, right. It's just the thing that you think that people just learn at summer camps or things like that. So they head off and they're going through the jungle and like they interact with all these animals, like a bunch of monkeys take Michael's hat and then give it back. And- There's certain parts where they're actually in physical danger and don't even realize it. Right. Like John with his umbrella, he's using it like a baton. He pokes a sleeping bear in the nose and the bear is about to like take a swipe at the children, but then realizes that Michael has a teddy bear and he gets really confused. Yeah, he gets confused by Michael's teddy bear and then he's just like, oh, oh, oh whatever, I'll go back to sleep. <laughs> The boys get to kind of where the Indians are at. Yeah, they find uh, footprints. So they're like, okay, these are the Indians. They they huddle up like a football huddle. And they're like, all right, so the Indians aren't as smart as us. Like, we'll, you know, the first of many offensive <laughs> moments in this movie. Um, but they're like, oh, you know. They're we'll- saying the idea is we're going to, once we find them, we're going to surround them so that they don't see us coming. As this is happening, the trees are getting closer to them. Right, so then... While Michael, Michael's the older one. John's the older one. Darn it. So while John is like huddling them up and talking, Michael is with his teddy bear and he's like been playing. 
Yeah, he and sees a feather he, on the ground. He bends down to pick it up, and a tomahawk just misses his head. Yes, like the Indians <laughs> are gonna straight up kill him. And so then he picks like, up the tomahawk. Oh, oh, tomahawk. <laughs> and so then he's like kind of playing with those two things, and then he sees a tree get closer to him. He lifts up the bottom branches of the tree, he sees and he moccasins. sees moccasins, and he's like. Uh-oh. And so he runs back to the group and he keeps trying to tell them the trees are the Indians. But all he's saying is Indians. Guys, Indians. But meanwhile, all the kids are also talking about Indians. And they keep so just he's... kicking him out of the circle. And so then the trees get closer and closer and then jump all the boys and steal them. They bring them to the chief. And they're and... tied to a stake. And the, all the boys burning wood. are on one stake and the teddy bear is on its own <laughs> stake. And so then the boys say like, okay, so sometimes we win, sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose, sometimes we lose. Like, it's clearly this is a game. Yeah. And it, it is. Like, it, the boys have an air of it being a game. Mm-hmm. The thing is, the chief is like, no. Like, he, he's like, not this time. Because you stole Tiger Lily and you need and to you bring her back. And you didn't give her back. Because that's the thing. The boys are like, oh, anytime we capture you guys, like, we always let you go and vice versa. And the chief's like, no, you didn't let Tiger Lily go. And the boys are like, we didn't take tiger lily and the chief's like yeah you did (laughs) so then he basically gives them uh a deadline where he says by sunset if tiger lily's not back here i'm lighting you all on fire and the boys realize like it's not the same game they've been playing yeah so after that scene we we go to the mermaid we watch peter pan and wendy show up at the mermaid cove uh, oh, sorry, Mermaid Lagoon. The mermaid Lagoon. So they get to the Mermaid Lagoon, and it's all these beautiful mermaids, almost topless. Almost topless. Like, one has shells. Yeah, some of but them are not even topless. Like, but they're not even, like, the Little Mermaid kind of shells, where it's, like, oh, it's kind of like a like a bikini top. Like, nah. no, just shells stuck right on. But, like, tiny shells. Tiny shells or tiny, starfish. Tiny shells, yeah. Like, this is, like, pretty burlesque. Yeah, and some of them... Straight up aren't Nothing. like they just the ones long with hair. long hair. <laughs> yeah. Straight up don't have tops on at all. I mean, like it's not like you see anything, but so Peter shows up and he's just like, "Girls, this is Wendy. Wendy, this is the well, girl." Well, no, he shows up by himself at first, and yeah. Wendy kind of has to make her way across the rocks because yeah. that's one thing. Like Peter flirts with every girl mm-hmm. and then leaves that girl. <laughs> like Peter Pan, not super shiny in this movie. No, he's actually kind of a dum dum. Yeah, like he comes off. As kind of a dum-dum and kind of a jerk. Because Wendy has to explain a lot of things to him, not just, like, conceptually, but ethically as well. Like, you can't do this, man. Yeah, and so he gets to the lagoon before her, because I think at this point the pixie dust is starting to wear off. Like, she's not flying as, like, solidly as she was when they got there. I think it also might be a little bit of a thematic thing, because it's, like, as she's starting to realize, like what lies with underneath all the fantasy of everything like that maybe she's not feeling as happy about it that's true she's constantly fighting with people and arguing with people through the whole thing right people are really mean to her because <laughs> the boys are young enough that they're like whatever and she's like oh no this is not this isn't good yeah so all the mermaids are like oh peter hi did you miss us look at my toplessness and <laughs> wendy makes her way across and she gets there and she's like hi mermaids and they're like what is that <laughs> And they like freak out and they start splashing her. Start splashing her. And then and she's like, stop it, stop it. And like, they almost pull her into the water. And then Peter's like, calm down. They were just pretending or they were just, just playing. playing. And one of the mermaids goes, yeah, we were just trying to drown you. <laughs> and Peter's like, see? <laughs> see? Look, they love you. They get interrupted uh, when they start hearing Captain Hook and Smee. Well, and the lights change in the entire and the scene. Change, like yeah. the entire scene all of a sudden darkens. Yeah. So Smee, Captain Hook, and Tiger Lily row, row right by the lagoon. 
followed shortly by the crocodile who's still TikToking. And the crocodile at this moment literally stops and looks at the camera and smiles. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's like TikToking, like his eyes are kind of like pulsing up and down, but he just smiles at the camera, just like, hey, it's me again. I'm chasing this guy. I feel like the crocodile <laughs> looks at the camera multiple times. Yeah. I think he's like the gym helper of yeah. Peter Pan. <laughs> like he always looks at the camera smiles like you like, hear the you know what's up and then just continues on following like i feel like at one point he swallows captain hook looks at the camera and smiles He's like let's see if he sticks this and time. then he comes shooting <laughs> out of the crocodile so uh the mermaids when they see captain hook they freak out and they swim away peter and wendy decide they're going to follow and see where captain hook is taking tiger lily they follow them to skull rock where captain hook is very loudly monologuing his whole plan <laughs> to Tiger Lily saying, I'm going to leave you here unless you tell me where Peter Pan's hideout is. I know you're friends with him. You have to tell me. She's not saying a word. Well, and by leave her her here, there's this rock that's slowly getting covered by the tide. Yeah, as the tide's coming in. And he's got an anchor tied to her chest. Yeah. And so Peter says, okay, uh, I've got an idea. He starts just making this like weird voice being like, I am the spirit of the salt water. Fooling nobody. Well, Shmi's like, like, there's a ghost! I guess guess Shmi's fooled. But Captain Hook's just like, "Eh, this is somebody messing around. I'm going to go take a look. You stay here. So he goes to look. Peter then puts on this other voice where he sounds exactly like Captain Hook. And he's commanding Shmi. He's like, well, it's Peter. It's Captain Hook's voice. Yeah, yeah. So as Captain Hook, he's telling Shmi, like, you have to release her. It's like... Bring her back to her to her people where you found her. And Smee's like, you sure? Okay, aye, aye, Captain. And he starts rowing her out. While he's doing this, he's like talking to Tiger Lily, saying like, I'm really happy that the captain came to his senses. <laughs> like, I thought this was a bad idea to begin with. Yeah, he's like, I didn't want to kill you. <laughs> yeah. And then when Captain Hook sees them rowing out, he says something like, odds fish? And I, I didn't know what that meant. I, I wrote it down. Fish. It sounded like he said odds fish? Like, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, codfish. Cod Maybe fish codfish is a big thing in this. They movie. keep saying codfish. Yeah. I thought he said codfish, but who knows? It's a. I don't know what he says. So, Hook sees him, says oddfish, and he tells oddfish. and he tells me like, "What are you doing? Go back." And and Smee's like, "Well, you just, like, you just told me." He's like, "Why am I telling you now?" Yeah. So then he goes back inside. And Peter is, at this time, just, like, he just has this posture. Like, he's just lying on his back with his his hat over his face. Just like, Mr. Smee, what are you doing? I told you to leave. He's like, you just told me to come back. Well, he's being super cocky. That's another thing about Peter this whole movie. Mm -hmm. He is cocky. He's just like, whatever. Even though somebody's life is in danger. And and then he starts yelling at Smee so loud that it's shaking the whole cave and rocks are falling from the ceiling. (laughs) And that's when Captain Hook's like, oh, I know what's happening. Yeah. So he sneaks around to the side where Peter is and starts coming up behind him and is really literally going to stab yeah. him. And he almost does. Like, he gets his hook through Peter's hat and thinks that he just killed him. Because he's like, Smee, look, I caught him. And then he looks and is like, oh, that's nothing. And he only doesn't kill him because Wendy goes, Peter! <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Peter, you know, it starts off this whole fight between peter and captain hook while smee's just kind of on the ground being like get him captain get him and the whole time wendy is just kind of providing this like commentary like anytime that peter's in trouble she warns him but then also anytime peter is about to like deliver a killing blow to hook she's just like peter stop it no we're not doing this right now (laughs) but then also throughout this whole thing 
You just watch the tide come in more and more to Tiger Lily, yeah. where it's like up to her waist. Now it's up to her <laughs> chest. Now it's up to her like neck. And, and she's like straining to stay above the water. And Peter's not even thinking about that. He's just like, how f- how much fun am I having right now fighting Captain Hook? This is awesome. Like he's enjoying every little bit of it. He's totally forgotten the whole reason why they're there. <laughs> so again, Captain Hook ultimately ends up in a fight with a crocodile. He and uh, Smee rows the boat out. Then Peter goes to Wendy and he's like, oh, did you see that? That was so that was great. Such a and cool Wendy's fight. Like, Wendy's like, Tiger Lily, Tiger, Tiger Lily, you forgot. Tiger Lily. And, and, it, and it takes Peter a moment to remember. Like, he's sitting there confused, like, Tiger Lily, ti- who's Tiger ti- Oh, the drowning girl. So yeah. we cover, we look over at Tiger Lily. She's completely under the water. It's the only time you ever hear Tiger Lily utter any sound is her about to yell help as the water rushes into her mouth. She's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> So then he grabs her, lifts her up, and she's like, <laughs> and just leaves Wendy behind. And Wendy's just like, hang, wait, hang on. And she like tries to like flap her arms to fly after them. Because again, he's gone on to his <laughs> new lady and Wendy's old news. So we go back to the ship and the captain, after exerting himself so much and being in the water, he has a cold now. He has a, he has a, a, wa- a hot water bottle on his head. He's got his feet in, in warm water and a towel wrapped around him, and he's shivering and sneezing and coughing. And, and cursing Peter's name. And cursing Peter's name. Smee brings in some some extra hot water for him, like he's going to make him tea, but then he ends up pouring it like into the into his foot bath. Well, and he also accidentally gives, like, hits him with a hammer. Oh, yeah, because he yells at one of the other uh, pirates for singing about how, how much he loves being a pirate. He stops him, he's just like... You have to be quiet. The captain has a splitting headache as he's like hammering this like sign with 18 nails that says do not disturb. As the captain opens the door, he just hits him in the face with a hammer. So clear concussion. Yeah. There's birds flying around. His oh, yeah. eyes Little are not swirls. tracking right. His pupils aren't the same he size. He falls back into his chair with his like delirious smile on his face. And Smee is just like, oh, it's so good to see you smile again. And then he just starts rambling and, and talking about, he's just like, man, women, right? Am I right? Women. He's like, we should leave this island. This island has lady troubles. There's so much lady trouble. You know, the cook was telling me that Peter Pan <laughs> banished Tinkerbell. Because he brought a new lady around. And like, so this is as he's like burning his feet. And so all of a sudden, like, he kind of snaps too from his concussion. And he's like, ah, and he jumps out of the hot water. He's like, you said Tinkerbell and then he's is like, banished. What did you just say? Yeah. He's like, yeah, Tinkerbell's banished. And he's like, okay, uh, it's time for you to go get Tinkerbell because I have a plan. Well, no, he says, a jealous female can be talked into anything. That's 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 the exact quote. I wrote it down because I was like, ugh. Then we cut to uh, the Indian village where uh, Tiger Lily was returned and nothing of consequence happens and we move on. So we had the (laughs) old DVD. Turns out this was an old DVD. This song is offensive. It's been cut out of other uh, releases. Yeah. So uh, we're going to skip through this. I mean, pretty much like the boys try smoking. They get sick. This is one of the points when everybody is kind of mean to Wendy again. Yeah. She's like, they're all dancing. And she's like, oh, cool. I want to dance. And then like one of the matrons of the tribe is they're just like, like, no, women don't dance. Women get firewood. Go get firewood. And so she's not even allowed to have fun. And so eventually she just says like, no, I'm not getting firewood. I'm going home. Yeah. It's the first, like, Eric Cartman, like, I'm going home. Yeah, so she basically stomps off, but we're going to skip through this whole song. (laughs) You can enjoy (laughs) watching this one on your own. So everybody leaves. They head back to the house. 
Yeah, the, well, the, the, the Lost Boy hideout. Yeah. As So you see the boys kind of leaving, but then you see Tinkerbell on the way outside watching all the fun happen, and then Shmee sneaks up behind her and catches her. And he brings her back to the ship. So she's hanging out with Captain Hook, and he's, like, in his nice clothes. She's sitting on, like, the top of a wine bottle, like, on the cork. Mm -hmm. And he's playing her music on his harpsichord. But she plays very, very well for having a hook hand. Yeah. Like, which we listen to, it's like, this is very complex music that he's playing. Yeah. And so he's just talking to her, and he's like, listen, I brought you here because I want you to understand that, like, I'm done with fighting with Peter Pan. Yeah, we're going to be, he's like, we're going to be leaving soon. We're just going to leave forever because we're done with this. He's like, I'm done with this. I've already lost a hand. But then he says, like, he's like, but I'm bringing you because I know that you're having trouble with this Wendy girl. I have an idea. We'll kidnap Wendy. We'll take her out to sea and leave her on an island somewhere. Yeah, he's like, listen, this is this is what I owe you guys. Yeah. That's why that that way you and Peter Pan can be together again. And so if you just tell us where the hideout is, we're just gonna. Well, he doesn't her. even say that. He just All says right. like, oh, it would be great if we could do that, but I I just I don't, don't know, where, know to where to find her. And Tinkerbell's like, and he's like, you can tell me where his hide the hideout is. And she's like, and he's like, of course I won't hurt Tink. I won't hurt Peter Pan. Well, she even like she she starts demonstrating like she dips her feet into ink and starts walking on a map and showing like making tiny tiny footprints to show like how to get to the to to where the hideout is and right before she's about to show him the last step she just stops and flies right into his face and just like and he's just like you want me to promise not to touch peter pan okay i promise i'm not going to touch him and then she's like she's like i won't lay she says says, i won't lay a finger on him she's like he's like or a hook yeah i get it and so then she shows it's at the the hangman's tree or whatever it's called and so then he's just like, great. He just grabs her and throws her into a lantern and locks it. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, no. By the way, um, I feel like as a, a special sort of shout out for Wine You Wish Upon a Star, during this whole scene, Smee is sneaking glugs of wine yes. <laughs> through the whole scene. <laughs> he gets plastered. <laughs> he's like not talking clearly. He even at one point, like he's standing behind Hook's harpsichord, just drinking the wine. And when Hook says something, he's like, right, Smee? Smee just takes the bottle and shoves it into the harpsichord. He's like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm, yeah. He does that multiple times. Like, the harpsichord's like his wine cellar, and he's just pulling out more wine. Or he trips on something, and the wine bottle flies, and then he puts out a finger, and that corks it. Yeah, and he catches it. He's like, aha, yes, Captain, with, like, his wine bottle in the air. So, special Wine You Wish Upon a Star uh, appearance of wine. I feel like that should have a name for a segment or something like that. Wine you peer upon the screen. Wine you peer upon the screen. Wine you peer upon the screen? I said, I said. (laughs) That's pretty much what you said. Is that quite what I said? All right, so what's your great title? I I was trying to think of one. (laughs) So this has been the Peter Pan edition of Wine You Peer Upon the Screen. Thank you. (laughs) So Tinkerbell's locked in a lantern. And the pirates all head towards the coordinates that they were given. The Lost Boys are coming home. Wendy has already sulked home hours ago. The Lost Boys come home and she's they like... They're still like just shouting out annoying fake Indian catchphrases. Yeah, it's still fairly <laughs> offensive. And she's like, you guys need to clean up. We're going home tomorrow. Yeah. And like the boys like flip out. Peter flips out. He's like, you can't go home. And she's like, well, we're not staying here He's like, if you go home, you grow up. And if you grow up, you can't come back. 
And then he just storms out. And he storms off. He storms off into his bedroom. He's the only one who has kind of a separate bedroom with from like everybody else. With a bear rug for a door. Yeah. And so he stomps off, but he can still hear what's going on. Because he sits on his bed kind of sulking. Because Wendy's like, well, we have to go home. We have to see mom. And this is an interesting thing that I actually never picked up before. John and Michael start going like, mom, who's that? Like, no, he can't, yeah, they Mike, can't remember. Michael says like, mom, is that the one with like the wet nose and the floppy ears? And, and she's, like, she's like, that's the like, dog. No, that's the dog. <laughs> she's like, do you guys not remember who mom is? And Wendy's like, wait, seriously, you don't remember our mom? And all the it's last like, boys this, are like, it's been less than a day. The last boys are like, we had moms. I think mine was blonde. Like, it's this weird thing where it's like all of them have forgotten who their yeah. moms are by being there. And one of them even says, like, I had a white rat. And the other one just punches him in the face. Just like, no. (laughs) And so Wendy starts singing a song about, like, this is who our mom is. This is what a mom is. So all the lost boys kind of start getting teared up. Peter starts getting teared up. And they're falling asleep. And you watch as the pirates kind of sneak up on this thing. They can hear Wendy singing about moms. They get teared up and start crying. Yeah, Smee lifts his shirt and he has a mother tattoo. And he starts sobbing. (laughs) Then... Peter says, like, all right, well, if all you guys want to go and see these, like, m- this mom, well, get out. Well, they, they start falling asleep, and then Michael kind of wakes up, and he's like, I remember, I remember mom. And then all the other boys kind of wake up, and then George and Michael start saying... <laughs> John and Michael. <laughs> George and Michael start saying, "I yeah, I think it's time we leave right now. And then because they're leaving, like, the lost boys are all saying, like, but we want to see your home, too. We want to meet your mother. And Wendy's just like, I'm sure she'd love to see you all. I'd love to meet you all. there's, (laughs) like, 12 lost boys. And she's like, oh, I'm sure it's fine. They don't mind. Yeah. So they're about to leave. And she even, like, does kind of go to Peter's room saying, like, you know, kind of clearing it with him. Like, do you want to come? Do you want to go? And he's just like. He's like, leave if you want. He's like, leave. He doesn't even say goodbye to them. Yeah. So they leave again. Out of the he exits. is he is just a nasty little pill yeah, in this. He's this move. I never realized how much <laughs> of a turd bucket Peter Pan was. So they all start leaving the the treehouse, and as they leave one by one, they're captured by the pirates. Yeah, Wendy's the last one out because she was having a that last little confrontation with Peter. So then after uh, she gets captured, Hook is holding an elegantly wrapped birthday present. So he starts lowering this present in, which you can assume is is something bad. And Smee says, shouldn't we, like, you know, do something a little more ethical, like cut his throat? And he's like, ah, I promised to Tinkerbell I would not lay a finger on him, and I'm sticking to that. So he just lowers this present in. They come back to it later. The pirates take all the boys to the ship, and all of a sudden it's morning, and they're all tied up, and he's they, he starts singing to them. Captain Hook starts singing this song to the boys, where he's saying, hey, look, it's not so bad being a pirate in fact i think you would actually really like it so he's making this hard sell on being a pirate and he says sign your name on the line we'll get you a free pirate tattoo and uh you get to live and if you don't then you walk the plank they they put on this whole like song and dance number like all the pirates are dancing it's really sweet and (laughs) as soon as they like untie all the boys they all start running to sign even john and michael They're just like, okay, yeah, cool, pirate life. I totally forgot about and what Wendy's we were just like, coming from. Seriously? And she just stops them and says, like, no, you don't want to do this. So they're like, okay, well then I guess you can walk the plank. She's like, yeah, I guess you I guess I will, because I'm not gonna sign up to be a pirate. I think oh, I think Wendy says that Peter Pan's gonna save them. And he's well, just like, no, he's not. Because here's what happens. At six o'clock, he's going to die. He explains that they that the present that they dropped off to him was actually signed 
to Peter from Wendy, in very lovely handwriting, by the way. And it said, do not open until six o'clock exactly. It was a bomb. They see inside of it, it's just like a cartoony bomb, like a round one with a fuse and a clock. Well, because Captain Hook says, haha, it was a bomb. And the thing is, he says that, and Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell can, can hear. hear him. And so she flips out and breaks the lantern that she's in. Like, she knocks it over, breaks it, and he's like, it's only 18 more seconds. Yeah, so she goes super fast. And the thing is, Peter is sitting there, and he's found the gift, and he's like, oh, well, I guess 12 seconds early isn't too bad to open it. So he starts kind of opening it up. Tinkerbell flies in and very quickly explains to him... Captain Hook sent this. Well, it's no, a bomb. She grabs it. Uh, yeah, she grabs it. And he's like, what's he's like, wrong what with you? What are you doing? Why are you always against Wendy? And then he goes, this is from Captain Hook. Because like, she's like talking at It's from Captain Hook it. and it's a bomb. He's just like, nah. <laughs> and she grabs it and flies kind of away with it. And then it explodes. And it explodes in her hands. And the thing is, the explosion is so big, it rocks the boat. So now that we've seen like the map that Tinkerbell drew out, there, the boat was probably docked probably a good like 500 feet away from from the island from, well, from where it is and on then the island like five mile walk to his house yeah so the bomb goes off the whole like hideout just caves in and you even and see like shakes. the boat shakes like and it makes everything. waves yeah <laughs> so it must have been a massive massive explosion that tinkerbell had like in her hands. in her hands <laughs> and so all the pirates cheer the idea is that peter pan's dead Ha ha. And then you see in the rubbish. In this uh, scene, you don't see Tinkerbell. And I think that was kind of a choice, an artistic choice, where you didn't want to be like, oh, it's cartoony. And they have like, oh, she's covered in black and a blast. And, you know, oh, her clothes are a little torn. You just see basically her glow from behind all this rubble. And I never picked up on this, but when Peter's like trying to dig through all of the rubble to find her, she's like talking. And you can figure out, it's kind of like R2-D2. You can figure out what she's saying by the context of what Peter is saying. And in this moment, Tinkerbell is actually saying, like, you got to go. You got to leave. You got to save Wendy. You have to save the boys. And he's like, no, you're my best friend. You're you're the only thing that matters to me. Well, he's like, you're more important than anyone else. Yeah. And so it's clear, like, where his loyalties lie, even yeah. though he's been kind of a jerk this whole movie. Mm. But she finally gets him to leave. And that's when we see Wendy's about to walk the plank. And so she's, like, saying goodbye to all the boys. And the pirates are like, too long, and throw her, like, on the plank. She's literally saying goodbye to her brothers as if it's for the last time. Right? <laughs> like, she's saying, like, say hello to mother. Like, like be, brave. be brave. I love you so much. Yeah. And so they throw her on the plank. She steps forward. She steps off. No, no splash. splash. And all the pirates are like, the boat's haunted. Everything's... <laughs> That's immediately where they go. <laughs> Everything is, the, the first thought all pirates have is, it's haunted. It's... <laughs> They're very superstitious, these yeah. pirates. So Peter actually has her, like, on sort of the undermooring well, of the Well, because they boat. all run over and look, and they don't see her yeah. or anything. And so Peter, like, flies her up to the top of the maps. Meanwhile, this entire time, every single pirate is taking their turn saying, no, no splash, no splash. Like, they keep saying. <laughs> and finally, like, Captain Hook gets so mad, he's like, you want to see a splash? I'll show you a splash. And he, he just grabs one of, one of his guys by, like, with his hook arm. He just grabs one of the guys and just throws him over. <laughs> but obviously, Peter Pan has caught her, and then he flies her up to, like, the top of the ship and then that starts the next fight with captain hook yeah so the boys are using whatever they can to kind of fight the pirates but they're you know they're a little outnumbered so they start all climbing up to the crow's nest basically meanwhile michael has an idea to put a cannonball in his teddy bear 
and now he can barely move it, but he still is able to pull it along anyway. That's like his only weapon. Yeah. So they start climbing up to the crow's nest. Pirates are climbing right after them, so they're trying to like throw things down at them. Some of the pirates are falling off, but for the most part, they're still crawling up. Up at the top, Peter flies up and basically just cuts the rope ladder that they're all climbing, and the pirates all fall, except for one, and he's got a big old sword in his teeth. Michael takes his teddy bear, swings it over his head, on top of the guy's head. The guy bites down on his sword and takes a big chunk out of it and then falls. Yeah, he falls first, and then the sword falls after him, so you see the bite mark out of his sword. (laughs) So the boys are safe, and the only people that are kind of left fighting are just Captain Hook and Peter Pan. Peter Pan, of course, being his, like, cocky self, is just like, guess what, Hook? I'm going to fight you, and I'm going to put one hand behind my back. And Hook is just like, it doesn't matter because you fly. And he's like, well, then I'm not going to fly. I promise. So he's trying to, f- so he and Peter Pan are fighting So he outfights him. When Peter Pan can't fly, Yeah, he's, he like, falling fight. off, and he gets disarmed. Like, Hook takes his dagger and actually holds it in his hook and is, like, about to kill him. The crocodiles below just like, oh, I can't wait for this. I can't wait. <laughs> All the Lost Boys and Wendy are like, Peter, just fly. Yeah, they're like, and just do like, it. No, he's like, I no. promised. So then finally, the way that he gets past him is he just pulls the Jolly Roger flag down onto his head. Hook is all wrapped up. Peter's got his own sword pointed at him. And Peter's like really angry about this. And he's like jabbing him with a sword. And so Peter's just like, okay, I'll let you, because he's like, just, just let me go. I'll sail the boat away from here. I'll never come back. And he's just like, never, never come back. And he's like, okay, that's fine. Except you now have to say you're a codfish. And so Hook's just like, okay, yeah, I'm a codfish. And he's I'll like, louder! <laughs> and he just screams it, I'm a godfish! To the point where all the boys are now just chanting and, and, and singing. Hook is, is a codfish. What is this codfish that no I one don't wants know. to be? Like, maybe, maybe back in the 50s it was a different meaning. So Peter lets him go. Peter he's like, lets him right, go. I'm he's just like, you. okay. And then he kind of turns his back on him. Then Hook does the uh, continues the classic tradition of a Disney villain whose hubris is his own doing, where he could have survived and, and lived happily, except he had to go for one last blow. He misses and falls. In any other Disney movie, it would be to his death. But instead, he lands comically into the mouth of the crocodile. Again, he is constantly swallowed and regurgitated by the crocodile, and then, like, alternates between swimming away and running on water away well i loved the part where he ran into the crocodile so far that he hit a piano at the back of the crocodile (laughs) like he basically like hits the crocodile's back legs yeah because you see him like in the back legs of the crocodile go like and then it's like this piano sound so it's like did he hit a piano (laughs) back there is there a piano in the back of his crocodile and then of course, whenever whenever he's like being attacked by the crocodile, like parts of his clothes are coming off, and so he's got these weirdly muscular legs. And as the crocodile, well, that's how like, he can run on water. And as the crocodile's like trying to like snap down on his legs while his legs are like trying to prop the, the jaw open, it's like this bow and arrow effect where it just snaps, and he flies forward and starts like skipping across the water for a long time, like a stone. He's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> 
even the other pirates who have escaped the ship, like they're rowing so fast that their boat is lifting off the water, well, and it goes, and he goes underneath their boat. The only reason <laughs> that they have escaped in that rowboat is because at the beginning of the the battle, Shmi just goes like, "Yeah, this isn't good," and packs a bunch of stuff into a rowboat, <laughs> like some snacks, and yeah. some, some jewels, <laughs> some wine, some packs it just into kind of like a rowboat to start a new life. And then he was like taking off, and all the other pirates just kind of fell in. Yeah. Now the boat belongs to Peter and the boys. And so Peter has kind of come around saying like, because they're all just saying like, well, well, we, we, we still want to go visit London. We want to see where, where Wendy and the boys come from. And he's like, okay, well, we'll just take the boat. And so they cover the entire boat with pixie dust. More spankings. More spankings. Tinkerbell. The boat flies. The boat flies and they start flying home. So we get home. And the parents are coming home. From their party. And Mr. Darling feels bad and lets Nana back in. And so they go into the room and Mrs. Darling is, is yeah, into the nursery. And Mrs. you don't see what's what she sees, but Mrs. Darling is shocked. First, she's like, oh my gosh. And you think maybe it's because they haven't gotten home yet or something, that it's just an empty room. But instead, what she sees is Wendy is has fallen asleep at the open window of the nursery. <laughs> she's like, Wendy, what are you doing here? And Wendy's like half asleep, but she's basically give, telling her mother the entire plot of the movie, saying like, oh, yeah, Peter came and I put his shadow back on and then we went and we flew and we saw mermaids and we rescued a, an Indian princess and we did this. And, and her that. parents are like, oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like, goodness. And the dad even feels bad about all the stuff he said earlier. He's like, yeah. listen, you don't have to move <clears throat> out of the nursery tomorrow. Like, I'm sorry I lost my temper. And then all of a sudden, they all look out the window, and Mrs. Darling's like, <gasps> what? Because like, like, the ship is out there. Like, George, look, look. But really, it's, it. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's, it's kind well, of it's up to interpretation, a, but it's yeah. like a cloud that's in the shape of a full three-mast ship. And <laughs> the face that George makes and the sound he makes when he sees the ship, like his eyes bulge, and he just makes this sound like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> And he kind of looks at it. He's just like, I used to know a ship like that, which kind of like shows back when he was a kid, he probably went on like similar adventures and has forgotten because he's grown up. So the last shot we get is Mr. and Mrs. Darling, Wendy and Nana standing at the window watching the ship kind of fade away. The end. (laughs) What did you think of Peter Pan? I enjoyed the movie. Peter Pan himself. Uh, garbage child to think i used to idolize that character like i was peter pan when i was six years old for halloween yeah i don't get it no one should idolize him he's the worst i think the main thing i wanted to do was like play with that little the little dagger that he had but yeah he's he's kind of mean kind of cruel yeah he doesn't get social norms oh here's oh oh i got a fun fact (gasps) fun facts with With joe Joe so the movie was successful But Walt Disney himself did not like the character of Peter Pan. Oh, good. He was just like, I don't, I don't like him. He's mean, he's cold, and uh, I don't think anybody is going to like him. However, J.M. Barry experts, the people who study, you know, the original author said that this is actually one of the more likable versions of Peter Pan. (gasps) That in the book, he's actually really kind of cruel. One of the reasons why the Lost Boys never grow up is because when they get too old, he kills them. (gasps) So in the play, the Lost Boys were infants who fell out of uh, their carriages when the nurses weren't looking. So they oh. were they were missing children. And uh, if they ever got too old, Peter Pan felt that they would challenge his rule as their leader and he would kill them. Oh, that's horrendous. So that's where the never cut growing up comes from. It's not some kind of magic that keeps you from aging. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, no. Um, 
Any other thoughts on Peter Pan? I don't think I have any other thoughts other than, haha, Gillian, we took your DVD. <laughs> we totally took your DVD. <laughs> Gillian wanted a shout out. I don't uh, think we can give her a better shout out. She invited than that. us into her home you and come we into my stole home. her belongings. You steal my belongings. You abscond with my possessions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what else we stole? Yeah, that was it. All right. Well, anyway. Thanks for joining us for Peter Pan. I know that we've, uh, we haven't really had so much of a release schedule, but right for this year, 2019, we're resolving to have at least one episode a month. But the next one is Lady and the Tramp. Oh, well, we'll have to go visit Washington to steal some more DVDs. Did she take that too? Who knows? She's a monster. Oh my gosh, Gillian, we're stealing your things. All right. Well, on that note. All right. Cheers. Welcome back to One You Wish Upon and ASMR. Today, we are featuring Brenna eating a cookie. <laughs> and giggling softly. <laughs> We've now gone into a more heart, hearty, throaty laugh. An exasperated sigh at her husband who's narrating her cookies. Oh. A somewhat exaggerated swallow. <laughs> Thank you. This has been Wine You Wish Upon an ASMR. So dumb. <laughs> Fun crunch with Brenna Peo. All right. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I'm done now. Crunch, crunch, crunch. <laughs> did you, I had that one in my cheek, in your cheek like a hamster. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> you have hamster cheek snacks. I like to let it melt back there, and then I bite it when it's advantageous. This is my wife. Whatever, you married me.